Welcome to Making Out With Him, a crushes, dating, friendship and kissing podcast hosted by love amateurs Lex Croucher and Rosanna Holtz-Rohess. We are here to give you bad advice whether you want to make out with him, her, them, everybody or nobody. This is a podcast in progress and we'll have guests in the future who aren't people like us. Thanks to everyone who sent us guest ideas, by the way. I don't read any of them because I don't care. That's not true. I just had some other things going on in my life. This podcast isn't everything going on in my life. I do other things sometimes. How dare you? Anyway, you can send your questions to makeoutwiththem at gmail.com or use hashtag makeoutwiththem on Twitter or tweet at makeoutwiththem. If possible, please include pronouns and the name you'd like us to call you or just anonymous. We had a lot of uh, anonymous anonymous writers this week, Lex, actually. Ooh. But you won't know because we picked great names. I think it's pretty obvious when it's not their real names. I don't know. I do know, though. Espionage. Espionage. <laughs> You're a great spy. You'd make a wonderful How are you? spy. How am I? I'm very good. Um, here are some things that have happened in my life. Number one, I ordered myself some letterbox flowers, which are flowers that fit through your letterbox. And Oh my god, I got those once when someone fucked up with something. It was really satisfying. <laughs> well, I got them for myself, not because I fucked anything up, just because I was like, yeah, yeah, I deserve flowers. I'm going to buy myself flowers. And they're gorgeous, and I'm very happy Love with it. them. I, uh, yeah, that, that happened. What else happened? As you know, Rosianna, I was waiting to hear back some news about some health stuff relating to somebody that I love, and... Turns out that we thought they might have been ill, but they're not ill. I mean, they're a bit ill, but they're not seriously ill. And that was... It's all the celebration emojis. Yeah, exactly. It was a very exciting time to find that out because it's been, you know, taking over my brain for a long time. Anyone who's had to kind of wait for that kind of health news knows the feeling of your life basically being taken over by that like worry in the back of your mind and it's so weird because now I keep being like wait what do I have to be worried about because you you just kind of you're having a good time you're like wait what am I worrying about and then now I can be like oh nothing just chill yeah it's like you're this level of tense the entire time and you almost don't realize sometimes that you're that level of tense yeah and then you relax your core (laughs) and your butt and my butt my butt's very relaxed um (laughs) did you ever take poppers when you were a teenager I didn't, but I know people who did. Did you? Yeah. This is, um, poppers are a legal drug. I think they're legal. Um, they're basically... I'm going to ask Frank. Okay. Ask Frank. See what he says. There's so many references that people don't understand. Ask Frank is like a drugs website that tells you about drugs. And there used to be all these ads that were like, if you don't know about the, you know, drugs, if you don't know about the drugs, ask the Frank. It's not how those ads went because they were written in proper English. Um, but poppers were, or are, kind of the equivalent of sniffing a magic marker. Like, you just would inhale them, and you'd get, like, a tiny, teeny high, and everything would go green. <laughs> I don't know why it went green. <laughs> why would it go green? I don't know! Like, you're such, like a, like a cool girl. But everything went, cool I, well, I was not a cool girl, let me tell you. That was my biggest, like, foray into the drug world. Everything went green. Anyway, the point is that they were also a muscle relaxer. So they were supposed to like loosen your muscles, especially in the butt area, just in case you were. They were poopers. Yeah, 
Yeah, they were poopers. Actually, no, the opposite, right? I don't know. Well, no, it's just so that, like... I don't totally understand how the anus works. No, me neither. But it's just it was just so, like, if you wanted to um, have some fun in the butt area, then apparently it would help with that. I don't know. Regardless, that's not why we were taking them when we were 14. It was because we were like, ah, these drugs are so legal. You can get them in Camden. Yay. But, like... Yeah. I've already sniffed them, like... So can I tell you what the law is? Oh, God, I'm scared. What's the law? And what are the risks? Possession is not illegal, but supply can be an offence. Ooh. They're not covered by the Psychoactive Substances Act of 2016, and they're not controlled under the Misuse of Drugs Act of 1971, but amyl nitrate is regulated under the Medicines Act of 1968, and there have been cases where the Medicines Act was used to fine shops for selling poppers. Um, But like any other drugs, um, it's illegal to drive if your driving has been... Impaired by taking drugs, and that's the law. But are they, Thanks, Frank? What do they do? Poppers. Yeah, I. I mean, anyway. They give a head rush high. Um, they've been reported to have short-lived effects on sexual experience, specifically that they may make an orgasm feel like it lasts longer. Ayo. Um, and may make an erection feel stronger. It may make it easier for some people to have anal sex by helping to relax their anal sphincter muscles. But they can also leave some people feeling faint or sick with poor coordination. And um, they can also, if you have like heart problems or blood pressure problems, you should definitely should take them because they can cause your blood pressure to drop to a dangerous level. Oh, God. Um, and there are all sorts of other ways that Frank tells you that you can die related to poppers. Well, I mean, I wouldn't notice if I felt sick, faint, weak or not coordinated because those are just what I always feel. So they can burn your skin on contact and can kill you if you swallow them. Yeah, I remember people always being like, "Don't spill the poppers." Jesus. And now I understand why, because they would have acid burned their way through my human skin. This anyway, is like the hot, this is like Nocturne Alley, and I stayed pretty strictly on Diagon Alley. I mean, so did I. This is like, you know, the peak of my illegal. I mean, it's the most as, a as entry level drugs go. Yeah. It is among the entryest of the levels. Although, like, as far as I'm aware, you're not gonna, it's not gonna burn your hand if you drop some marijuana on your skin. Anyway. Well, uh, if it's lit. Yeah, that's true. It is lit. (laughs) (laughs) God. Lit AF. I don't know what I'm saying. How did we get here? Hmm. Poppers. Bums. Oh, my bum has relaxed. I don't know. Your bum is relaxed because of the good news. My bum's relaxed because of the good news. Um, I think I'm still jet lagged, which is ridiculous because I'm normally jet lagged for a day. But this is the jet lag that will never die. (laughs) Um, I've had to make a lot of big life decisions in the past week, and some of them not so big life decisions, but mainly like travel decisions. Mm -hmm. Like, is it worth traveling for essentially a day to do a thing that I really want to do? If it comes at a completely inconvenient time, and how do I value my time? You and value it, time. and it's gonna bring you closer to me. Yeah, it's gonna bring me closer to you, and it's related to a thing that I'm really excited about. But it's also at the world's most inconvenient time. It clashes with a bunch of plans I have, and life is hard. And I also just signed, yeah, I just signed a lease contract that was outrageous because they've raised my rent by like multiple hundreds of dollars no um because the term of my lease is changing i don't know i'm just like in kind of a flustered mood today which is ridiculous because it's 26 degrees outside and i'm drinking a tequila drink 
tequila drink. That's a nice amount of degrees. It was like 23 today in London. It's been beautiful here. Summer is happening, my friend. I know. It is happening. And But then I'm always like, oh, I guess that's summer then. Done now. Like, <laughs> yeah, that's what you get. You get that's an, it. You, they're just happening in London, like in the UK. You get like an yeah. early heat wave, and then it's like, and that's all, folks. Enjoy months and months of rain. But oh, that I, heat wave is so good. Like everyone's out. People are having picnics. People are by the river. Yeah. Like everyone's so sunny entirely. That's nice. I. Oh, you know what else is happening? Speaking of heat and sunshine and the climate. It's been kind of a shit day. No. And this will give you an indication as to when we recorded this. Because I just keep reading about climate change. Yeah. And thinking about the political situation regarding that. So I guess I am mostly anxious about the future of the world and how soon the heat death of the universe will come. Yeah. Thanks. General Trump. That's not his name. That's his name now for pulling out of the climate agreement that they made in Paris when they tried to fix it all and everyone clapped. We were all happy. And now he's ruined our whole fun. All of our fun and is And it's ruined. just like, for context, the countries that aren't in it now, USA, Syria, which is like a failed state, and Nicaragua, which is doing its own things. Thanks, so. America. You've done a great job. I think oh my god it's so as bad anyway as I remember that in like when they were um, signing up for the Paris Agreement it was based on like um, percentage of world emissions and the US are the yeah. only they're the second biggest they were 17% after China's 22% I think so pretty important large chunk of CO2 emissions it's... and great good job yeah. America the other thing I was going to say speaking of the end of the world is that I I used to do archery and then I stopped because I had an instructor that I didn't like and he was quite sexist and would make me uncomfortable because he was just ugh. he would just say awful things like he would say things like you have to have like a wide stance when you're doing some things and he literally said to me spread your legs like an Essex girl and oh my god, I remember you telling me that. Yeah. Oh. And it was like a horrible boys club of an archery club. There was like one other woman that would come occasionally and it was just no fun. And then I was doing some research and I found a different archery club, which is like founded by women and has loads of women there. And so I'm going to try Yay. and maybe hang out there occasionally. It's so exciting. But yeah, it is exciting. I was like, I don't want creepy men to stop me from doing the fun things that I like and also from being well armed with a traditional weapon when the apocalypse times come so now i'm gonna yep, be ready it's always nice to be able to shoot an arrow right through the heart of horrendous people yeah um i also in, in related unrelated entirely exciting news i just got an email from the itunes store telling me oh. the perfect places from lord's album melodrama is now available relating to itunes wow we're never going to stop doing this intro are we <laughs> related to itunes if you guys who are listening to this podcast want to do us a solid if you think this is good which you know each to their own um, debatable debatable if you could rate this podcast five stars and give it a review that would be really good because that counts no pressure to of... rate it five stars you know rate oh, no, it, no. I, I don't like it when i'm like getting out of a lift and they're like You'll rate me five stars, right? And I'm like, well, now I'm not going to, because you asked. I mean, I have the opposite reaction. <laughs> really? 
Yeah. I don't know. Anyway. Am I a bad person? You're not a bad person. All I'm saying is, we're great and you should rate us five stars, please. Um, Hey, Lex, shall we start with some questions? Eh. Who needs them? I don't. I don't know. I feel like it's kind of the basis of our podcast in theory. Well, rules are made to be broken. Um... I don't believe that. So I'm going to dive in with a question from Not Bridget. Okay. Not Bridget says, Dear Lex and Rosianna, I am 21, single, and perfectly happy to be so. I have the loveliest, most empowering, and joyous group of female friends. I'm finishing up uni, and I'm about to start a great job. Basically, life's pretty good. But while I have absolutely no problem with not being in a relationship, my relatives, and especially my parents, seem to see it as a deficiency. I can deal with comments such as, So have you found a boyfriend yet? Or why are you still single? But what I find incredibly frustrating are my parents' fixed expectations. When I voiced some anxieties about what I want to do with my life the other night, all my father responded with was, don't worry, you'll be married with kids in five years. And the other day, my mother said that she can't wait to attend my wedding. Yes, maybe those things will happen, but their expectation that they definitely will, even though I have explained to them that it's not necessarily what I want, is aggravating. So if you have any idea how I can make my parents understand that I'm fine with being single and don't feel like I need to be frantically looking for a husband to be, your advice would be greatly appreciated. Especially if it contains potential snarky comebacks. Loving the podcast. Not Bridget. This might be a little too snarky. But the thing that immediately came into my head before we even got to the part of the question where you were asking for comebacks was that if your like, parents are saying, can't wait to attend your wedding, you should say, can't wait to attend your funeral. It's pretty snarky. It's pretty dark, right? I mean, it's not really appropriate. And I don't think anyone would say that. But I just wanted to get that thought out there. Because, I, I, you know, why filter yourself when you can do the other one? Someone's just started having a shower in my flat. And it's the shower noise is loud. So if you can hear running water, it's not me peeing. Although, I think I have another UTI. And so there's been a lot of peeing today. Oh, no. I I drank five litres of water to try and combat this. And then I started to feel like I was drowning. So I stopped. Because you can drown yourself. You do I. You can drown yourself by drinking too much water. So I stopped. Anyway. How about whenever they ask you these things, you start talking about how you have a UTI? Yeah, just start talking in detail about some kind of genital related. Or plague. Just launch into plague. Respond with, like, general facts about the world, the universe, history. Yeah, I think if you literally just start talking about something else every time, they'll get the message. Like One hopes. Because it's kind of like you have to then enter into a discussion about something, the premise on which you just don't agree with or, like, feel like necessarily talking about with your parents or your relatives. Because, I mean, I find that really hard too when I uh when like extended family bring up that stuff and I'm like you just I mean it's one thing for you to ask out of love and I know that oftentimes it is out of love but when you don't see someone that often and they're like hey so why are you still single <laughs> you're like what is what what hey why yeah you just do the Bridget Jones thing where she's like well I suppose it doesn't help that underneath our clothes we're all covered in scales like why yeah. are this why are there so many single women in their thirties, Bridget? <laughs> oh god. But it's so it's just becoming more and more true by the minute. I know, it's becoming our lives. Like yeah. I feel it's just you know when you make that switch when you you know, you stop feeling like you're Rory and you start feeling like you're Lorelei. I've mm-hmm. I'm having I've had the switch. Speak for yourself, I'm Babette. 
Okay, well, no, you're Paris. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. I'm actually quite, I'm quite happy with that. Um, who am I? Oh, God. Cut. Hey! That was <laughs> uncalled for, and I just peaked my microphone because I was so upset with you saying that. There are some Kurt-like aspects of me, but I am not Kurt. I don't know who I am. Anyway. Um, I feel like I'm hello. I feel like I'm also a little bit of a Paris in some ways. We're all everyone's we're a little friends. bit Paris. Everyone's got a little bit of Paris inside them. What are we what are we talking what about? What are we talking about? Um Oh yeah. Just Paris Oh yeah, how you become Lorelei in theory. That's not even what I meant. I meant the question that this poor person has asked us and they're like, Why aren't you answering my question? Um <laughs> Yeah. What I was trying to say was, I've made that switch and now I've started identifying with the adult characters and things. And it's really weird. And I don't like it. This isn't relating to your problem. Anyway. Well, that is also kind of part of it, though. Because, like, clearly, also, understandably, again, your family and your parents especially kind of see it still as their job to, like, set your priorities and expectations and so on. Um, and they're not really treating you like an adult and you are, you know, obviously you're still in this kind of liminal stage, like early twenties and so on. But at the same time, like part of it is them thinking that they have that role in your life, um, where they can still very much like set your goals and expectations and also expect them to line up with theirs, but you're an independent person, you have your own goals, um, and also what you do and don't want to be thinking about or discussing at this point. Um, and yeah, I think that that more broadly is a harder transition to make. But part of me just thinks as exhausting and aggravating as it is, you just need to keep repeating it. And maybe at some point it will sink in. Maybe at some point it won't. Or maybe you just keep responding with general trivia. Because yeah. if they do keep saying these things and it is making you uncomfortable or annoyed or even just like a bit like it's just exhausting more than anything else um then they're maybe not listening to it or going to listen to it and that's frustrating in and of itself but at least you can expand your general knowledge yeah also just invite them to a wedding send out invites get them all excited and then marry yourself in a beautiful yeah tasteful and touching commitment ceremony and then they'll probably shut up about it because instead they'll be like i can't believe you married yourself they won't care that you're like they won't be like when are you gonna get married they'll be like well you already done did it and what what did you do i mean that's just gonna work new idea join a cult and then they'll be marry everyone marry everyone start a cult um, take on another idea lots of throw a pride and prejudice party and put every member of your family that asks you about marriage and wedding give them a place name that says mrs bennett <laughs> um i think if you start your own cult then you get to marry get yourself lots of husbands if you want this is a bad thought but I have it sometimes, especially when single. I have this thought where I'm like, I know it was bad in the olden days, but it was really easy to find dates <laughs> because you just went to a ball looking eligible yeah. and then you were just paired off like, all right, go marry that one. 
And I mean, I'm sure there were lots of not very happy marriages, but sometimes it just feels like, wouldn't it be simpler if you could just go to a ball where you know that everyone's like looking for a partner? <laughs> yeah, the only problem I have with, well, not the only problem. Not the only problem. <laughs> one, pro- one problem I have with that is that they were kind of like, I don't know. Meat markets? Marketplaces. Yeah. Because women were regarded as property. So if it could be like a nice, like, pro-female agency ball, then I'd be so down for that. I feel like now what we're... Is that what speed dating is? Yeah, that's literally what I was going to say. Now we're just describing speed dating. But like, I want... But a ball. Yeah, it needs to be a ball. Um, Everyone needs to be in Regency costume. And luckily, I have a Regency era costume. You do, don't you? So I'm just saying, like, if I'm ever single again at some point in life i'm gonna put on a regency dress so my boyfriend listens to this podcast so i feel mean for saying that like you know uh, hopefully just throw me a hopefully ball. not okay yeah i'll throw rosiana a ball and she can wear my regency dress it's great because i wore it in the countryside to take pictures and like make some youtube videos in it and now the hem is all muddy and it's like I've been running through fields. It literally looks like my Lizzie Bennet dress because dramatically run through a field. Um, hey, should we answer the next question? Because I feel like we crushed that last one. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry about your family. Good luck. Um, Good luck. Next question from Alison. And the question goes like this. Hello, friends. I have a question about everyone's favorite harmful social construct, virginity. I'm 21 years old and fairly comfortable with myself and my sexuality. Though I've had a fair few encounters that anyone would describe as sexual in nature and have even orgasmed with a partner before. Well, go Alison. Society tells me that my wallet still contains a big old V card because I, a straight cis woman, have never had a dick inside my vagina. She then says, I'm sorry if this is too crude. Like, have you listened to other podcasts? It's fine. We get, we get real crude. I don't necessarily have a problem with this as I know virginity is virtually meaningless and it generally doesn't affect my life. At this point, I want to get it over with so I can stop it being such a thing. But I found I feel obligated to tell potential sexual partners I'm a virgin. This often makes things weird and awkward and gets in the way of me actually losing this pesky card. So my question is, am I obliged to inform someone that I'm a virgin before I have sex with them? It somehow feels like lying not to tell them, but I also don't want to because it makes things awkward. Any advice? Much appreciated. Wishing you sunny days and reading time. Alison. Well, so the thing the thing about virginity being a social construct is that you get to decide what it is yeah. and how you talk about it. Yeah. Um, if it will help your sense of, like, personal comfort to tell me about it, then that's totally fine. And, like, feel free to continue doing that. Also feel free to disregard our advice in any way, shape, or form, obviously. <laughs> that goes without saying in response to any of these questions. Um But at the same time, like, I don't feel like you should necessarily feel weighted down in order to tell people about that. Um, If there are other things that are making you uncomfortable, or if there's just, like, a general nervousness with potential sexual partners, then, yeah, be open with that. But, like, I just... I think it's, it's hard to get our heads around the fact that it is just this construct. Different people define it in different ways. And definitely when I was uh, going to catholic church because i was brought up catholic and we had to go to this like pre-confirmation program thing um they definitely define virginity in a much broader way than i personally do so don't kiss the like, boys rosiana don't don't, don't look at them look with your eyes them. no eye contact 
No eye contact with the boys. Yeah. It burns your soul. Don't breathe their air. Um, as if I weren't going to hell already anyway. Um, we all anyway. are. So, yeah, so I think that, like, while practically this might be hard to enact, um, I don't think that you're obliged to tell potential sexual partners that you're a virgin. And I don't think that you also necessarily need to even think of yourself as still carrying something or still like needing to get something out of the way um yeah it's great and fine and good that you want to have that experience if you really want to have that experience but at the same time like it is what you make of it it's not a box to tick off necessarily and I just feel like you're giving yourself a really hard time for it even though it sounds like as you say you're pretty comfortable with yourself and your sexuality and so on yeah, I think, like, <sighs> virginity's not real, <laughs> um, which is something that you acknowledged. It is a weird social construct, and, like, yeah, it's not something you can lose. It's not something you can give up. It's n- never a specific time. Like, for everyone, it's going to be different. And it sounds to me like you probably wouldn't even really consider yourself, like, a virgin, based on all the things you said before. Like, maybe you do, but I don't yeah I don't think that's a thing I don't think you um and I yeah I also agree that I don't think you have to tell people if you don't really want to because I don't think it's lying to somebody you've had sexual experiences you have like you know you've done some stuff and just because you haven't done that one specific thing that doesn't mean that you yeah haven't that you're a virgin what? I'm just repeating the words that you've said to us back to you. But yeah, it just, it, I don't think it means anything. And I think, yeah, tell people if you want to, um, tell people if there's like logistical things that you want to talk about, but yeah, I, you're, I don't, I don't think you're a virgin. I just there's don't. There's also, I think there's like such a, um, kind of hangover, at least like from where I stand and the way I think about sex, which obviously goes without saying because like sex and sexual intercourse has different significance to every single person. Um, and also the question of whether or not you choose to have it at all. But I feel like there's a sense that the person you first have sex with and that particular experience, you're kind of definitionally bound to them in a way. Like there's the the person you lost your virginity to. And I think that that's where sometimes like some of that caution comes in and, and also like weird attitudes come in because it's at least in like heteronormative experiences that I've had, like there is this, all heard about, there's a sense from some guys sometimes, especially when they're being real dicks, that like, <laughs> oh, she'll be attached to me forever if I'm the one who takes her virginity. And it's still again in that language of taking it and them having ownership over it. But it's also this really simplistic view of human and especially uh, female or non-binary sexuality that suggests that women are less mature in the way that they think about sex and virginity than the man who can run off and like fuck a bunch of people and forget about it. Like they're really, it's really old fashioned constructs at every single level. Um, yeah, it releases the marriage hormone, the well-known marriage hormone, which means that you're just gonna, you're bound to that person for life. Like in Twilight, when the werewolves imprint, 
you're just stuck with them forever. I just had to bring in a Twilight reference. I didn't really get it, but go for it. She, whatever. whatever. Oh wait, is this the thing with Renesmee and um, Yes, the it wolf? is, Rosianna. Actually, like, you don't even know, but you do. Because, of course, I really don't, though. you have read Twilight. I haven't read the later ones. I read the first one. Well, listen. They don't get any better. <laughs> I feel like you're being a little better. defensive, and it wasn't my intention to bring that out or attack you. I just don't know the... Stuff. I just I've remember films once. I, I have a very clear memory of being 15 and having a conversation in my drama class where we were sitting around in a circle and we all went, I just don't know how I'm going to ever date anyone because no one will ever be as good as Edward Cullen. Oh. <laughs> yeah, and not only do I remember that, but my flatmate remembers that because she was part of that conversation in that drama class. It was. That is sensational. Not our finest hour. No, I was just too busy having other problematic crushes. <laughs> and still am good anyway Alison we wish you the best of luck yeah so our next question comes from Queen Bean um, did you she get... actually just put her name as Bean but I have I have made her a queen uh-huh, I thought uh, that okay continue <laughs> so criticised right now no um, I just know you did... dear Lex and Rosianna so one day I just strolled into work as usual looked over at my longtime friend and all of a sudden bam feelings we were friends all throughout secondary school, and despite being the same age, she has an aspect of authority over me in work, which has made the dynamic of our friendship shift a bit. Now every time I walk into work, I am a ball of flustered anxiety. How do I stop this? We low-key flirt all the time and have made out a couple of times on nights out, but haven't really spoken about it afterwards. Should I attempt to pursue this, or does the whole friendship work thing make it a lost cause? I like her a lot, but don't want to ruin our friendship. Any dubious advice is greatly appreciated. Pumpkins and penguins, bean. Does everybody... Listen, not to be critical, because I appreciate all of your beautiful questions, but does everyone think that we're just, like, a Dear Hank and John spin-off? I think it's outrageous. It's not like we're a question-answer format podcast. There are so many, so many question-and-answer format podcasts. There are so many advice podcasts. Like, Yeah, but we have a lot of... I mean, I would say that a large quantity of both are communities are nerd fighters for people who don't listen to dear hank and john and are confused now basically um our our friends hank and john have a podcast called dear hank and john um and yeah we have a lot of audience crossover and rosianna works on dear hank and john you do you produce it i produce it good job i am i'm 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 working on it always you you give birth to the podcast um, I didn't give birth to it, but I'm a nice and the cool aunt. The cool aunt, the cool fun podcast aunt. Anyway, yeah. and 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 basically, a lot of the questions that we get, um, people use the kind of inside jokes and conventions that they use for the for asking questions on Dear Hank and John in our questions, and I just find it really funny because I'm like, this is confusing to anyone who. Like, because we've never even referenced this stuff. This is confusing to people who who don't listen to Hank and John. Because, like, we're just, we're like a, our podcast is like a reference to their podcast. I don't know. Basically, that's the thing that keeps happening. There's nothing wrong with it. I just find it funny. <laughs> Feelings for a friend. Should you, should you make a move on a friend if the friendship is important? I actually feel like, No. I'm going to go with no on and this one. it's not only a friend, it's also a work friend, yeah. right? Yeah, because we've talked about this before. We've talked about, like, I think we've talked about people having crushes on friends. And we've also talked about um, work relationships. And I think 
we've been in favor of like friend crushes, but I just, I'm really against work crushes. Not crushes, but I'm against- Why is that, Lex? Shut up, Rosianna. It's not like I had an experience. <laughs> Between the pilot of our, of our podcast. Oh my God, yeah. When we, when we recorded the pilot, it hadn't happened yet. By the second episode, it had happened. I've, yeah, I've talked about this. You guys know. Long time yeah, listeners to the podcast will know. Anyway, um, yeah. I just think it's bad. I just think it's a bad thing and it shouldn't happen. Because especially like if they have a position of authority over you at work and it's if it's already shifted the dynamic of your friendship, then it, you know, in a relationship or any, you know, any kind of relationship, regardless of whether or not it's serious, that could shift more. And that's a little strange. I don't like power dynamics that are not very equal. And, yeah. you know, they just make me feel icky. And I also just think <sighs> if it gets to the point where you're like, I am falling in love with this person, then maybe that's something to like consider. But if you just kind of want to make out with them and you have a bit of a crush on them, I don't, I wouldn't risk it. Friends are important. Yeah. And I'd say that like, maybe, I mean, maybe this is too much the long game. I also don't want to encourage like excessive, not excessive, but intense pining or anything, (laughs) but maybe wait until a time when you're not working with each other and see how you feel. Yeah. Um, And for now, try to like not, engage with it too much um it does seem if you haven't really spoken about it afterwards it's either that you both have feelings and you're not really talking about them or that it's you like one of you thinks it's casual but i agree i think that the work dynamic is a problem and that it it does risk it because you have been friends for a long time um so I don't know, and it feels really counter to my normal advice, and I feel like I've lost a sense of my own identity. Yeah, because it's the opposite of make out with her. Yeah, didn't make out with her. But also, also say that like the work environment. I remember I had a job many years ago where I thought I really, and I don't want to discount the way you feel, but and this is just me, anecdotally expressing it. But like, I remember I had a job where I worked with someone really regularly. I thought I was like completely head over heels for them, but it was just that kind of intensity of the work environment um, and that constant kind of like low level flirting um, when you're around someone all the time. And then looking back at it, I was like, I'm not even totally sure that I was falling for them or I had those strong feelings for them. It was more just that they were there. Just don't do it. And I mean, if you do it anyway, let us know how it goes. Dear R and L, I quite like that when people use initials. Um, makes me feel like we're in Gossip Girl. XOXO, me, Lex Croucher. Um, here's the question. <laughs> I've been seeing a guy recently. We met on Tinder and he plays Quidditch and likes musicals. Amazing. I do not play Quidditch. Okay, fair enough. Because I do not play any sport as a rule. <laughs> You're allowed to also not play Quidditch because it involves running around a field with a broom clasped between your thighs which is Actually, really difficult any kind of running it involves flying but yeah sure mm, agree to disagree 
Definitely fine. Anyway, 100%. I do not play Quidditch because I don't play any sports abroad, but I like Harry Potter very much and I like musicals. He also works in a movie theatre, so we've been seeing free movies, which is a bonus. This is good. You should always work out what the perks are in a relationship. <laughs> I once date was like going on dates with two different guys, like in a kind of, you know, a very casual, early, early kind of way. So I think I've been on two dates with both of them. And uh, one of them worked at Las Iguanas, the restaurant. And oh my god, I forgot about that. I mean, I literally, I was gonna say, I picked him up in Las Iguanas, but like, I, my friend gave him my number on a napkin. <laughs> Yeah, she did. Because I liked his tattoo of a bee. Anyway, the point is that um, after a few dates with both of them, I realized which one I liked. And I messaged him to say, like, you know, that I had been seeing someone else. And I kind of wanted to see where that went and to, like, apologize and, you know, say, you're a good guy and all the stuff that you say. Because he was a good guy. Um, And he said, well, you could have had free food at Las Iguanas, but you threw it all away. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> which was a very funny and sweet way of replying to that message um and it's true i threw it all away didn't get any free food in my other relationship what's wrong with me anyway a terrible decision really clearly it was anyway um back to the question i appreciate i'm appreciating hanging out with someone who shares the same interests and values with me since the last few people i've gone on dates with that's not been the case i thought i might never find a boy who likes to read everything was going well but lately he's been cancelling on our plans a lot he's been sick and working a lot and out of town i'm busy too so carving out time to hang out and then being cancelled on last minute is frustrating and since we haven't known each other long and a little bit because we met on tinder i can't help but think he's cancelling plans for me to be with someone else or because more appealing opportunities came up am i being paranoid and how long should i keep making plans with someone who keeps cancelling thanks for the pod Quidditch and cancellations, Kate. My first thing is that you often think you won't find, like if you find someone who's like into the same stuff as you or has the same sense of humor and all that stuff, it is, um, especially if you've not been having much luck lately in you know in the dating world, it is, uh, you do kind of start thinking like, oh, this is the only person who's like this. And like, oh, it's amazing I found this one person who's like this. But actually, it's not true, is the thing that I found. There will be so many people who are, like, in Harry Potter and into musicals, and you feel like you found this, like, diamond in the rough, and there'll be no one else, but that's not true. So just to, like, get that out of the way, because I've felt that way before in the past as well, where I'm like, oh my god, this person likes the same things as I do, and I've never found someone like that. It turns out there are lots of people like that, so don't, you know, be discouraged. Um, the other thing that I was going to say is that... Um, I have been in a situation where I've been putting way more effort into a relationship and I've been the person always trying to make plans and it's exhausting. Like it's really emotionally exhausting and um, I like to be organized and I like to know what I'm doing with my life. So that kind of plays into that and that makes sense as to why I take on that role. But also it's just like, you can't be putting so much into a relationship. And I mean, this isn't, you know, maybe a serious relationship, but as my therapist likes to say, anything is like a relationship. It's just a more, you know, a different kind of relationship. And right now, if you're seeing somebody, that is a relationship. Anyway, <laughs> um, yeah, I think that it can yeah. just be really tiring to be the one feeling like you're putting that effort in and not getting anything back. And also, if this is happening early on when you're just seeing each other, there's a good chance that it's not going to get better. It will probably get worse. Like, I feel like I'm such a gloomy Gus when I reply to questions like this, but I've said this to people before, like, the way things are, unless something big is happening in that person's life or there are, like, mitigating circumstances, the way things are in the first, like, couple of months 
it's probably not going to get any better than that. Like, yeah. In terms of like their interest in you and like, you know, they're making time for you and stuff that kind of sets the tone. So, you know, I, I, yeah, maybe... I feel like it really, and this is just as someone who like is weird about time, but like, I feel like it really shows a disrespect for your time yeah, and for your plans and also your time together. Um, and I kind of encourage you to mention it, even if it's like, just, it's kind of frustrating when you cancel plans last minute. And it's hard when you're at the early stages of something because you feel like any tiny thing, like you're going to be seen as being annoying or negative or needy or all of that stuff, or at least that's where like my brain goes sometimes. But it's, I think it's really important to communicate because you don't like, maybe there is something in his life that he hasn't been telling you about. Maybe there's some other reason why. But I think it's just worth having a conversation. Also so that you're not just like ruminating on it and thinking of all these possible other case scenarios. But I think mm. as Lex says, like it is a pretty good early indicator um, of h- how it's going to be, at least in terms of time and making plans and all of that stuff. And I think you also have to um, accept the fact that, yeah, he might be with someone else or, you know, like hanging out with different people. Because if you are in the early stages of a relationship and you haven't set boundaries and you haven't become exclusive, then... That could be a thing he's doing. Like, as I said, like, just now, I have been in a situation where I've been in, like, a very early stage of something where I have been dating multiple people because I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Um, You know, there definitely reaches a stage where you have to have that conversation or, you know, it would feel, like, a bit disrespectful to be continuing to see other people, especially if you feel like the other person's not in that place. But if you've just been seeing someone for a short amount, sorry, my cat's just sneezed four times in a row. (laughs) It's really good. Um, If you are in that um, kind of early, early stage, then yeah, that might be a thing that he's doing. And if you want to be exclusive with him, which maybe you won't after all the stuff we've been saying and just maybe after the things you've been thinking about, then that's the thing that you would need to talk about um, to make sure that you're both in the same place. Good luck, Kate. And there are loads of other boys who like Quidditch, okay? So don't worry about it. You said you thought you might never find a boy who likes to read. And that's what made me think like, no, there are so many of them who like to read. So don't think that this is the only one that you have to pin all your hopes on him. You should find a boy who likes to read, who also makes time for you and doesn't make you feel insecure. Um, Let's we have a friendship question. Nellie Bly wrote in with a friendship question. She said, hi, Lex and Rosianna. As a person that is a self-confessed pushover, how do I deal with being angry at a friend when they do something crappy? Without getting into too much detail, a friend of mine has essentially cost me over £100, leaving me hanging on a ticket for an event last minute with absolutely no good reason. Obviously, this annoyed me, and I've had no problem venting to every other person under the sun, but can't bring myself to say anything to them and will undoubtedly continue on like nothing happened. I really hate being taken advantage of, but also hate confrontation. Help! P.S. Me and my dog are loving your podcast on our walk. I think it's more the walk he's enjoying, but we can pretend. Hi, Nelly's dog. <laughs> um, I should... <laughs> Sorry, I've been distracted by just the concept of dogs. Like, the idea that there might be a dog <laughs> out there in the world near someone listening to this podcast. I'm like, oh, wait, okay. If you're listening to this podcast and you're you're with a dog, can you take your headphones out so that the dog can hear so I can speak directly to your dog? Thank you. Now I'm going to begin talking to the dog. <gasps> You're a good boy or girl or whatever you are. Aren't you so good? 
You good puppy. Yay, good puppy. There we go. I'm done now. <laughs> Please also take pictures of you and your animals listening to the podcast. Oh my God, yeah. And send them to if us it... at Make Out With Him on Twitter. Yeah. Or yes. email makeoutwithhim at gmail.com. I realized that was probably very disturbing if you weren't with an animal and you just listened to me make those sounds. Anyway. Yeah, I can confirm that it was. Sorry about that, humans. I don't care. You're less important to me than animals. Um, <laughs> I saw a video yesterday of a chicken doing an obstacle course. It was really oh good. Spectacular. It was on the Dick King Smith Twitter. Anyway, you have to say something to your friend because... Yeah. Over 100 pounds is a lot of money. They might not realize how much they cost you. They might not realize, like, the situation. Like, maybe they do, and they're just being a bit rubbish by not saying anything. Because it's not very nice of them to not say anything, if that is the case. But I think you just need to have a chat. You just need to have a conversation. And it doesn't have to be a confrontation, like, in your mind. Like, you're saying you you hate confrontation. But it doesn't have to be one. And actually, it most likely won't be one. If you just say in a really kind of... Like, you know, this person's your friend. You don't want to be angry at them. If you just say kind of nicely, like, oh, I don't know if you realise, but um, I'm in a bit of a tricky, a sticky wicket, (laughs) a tricky situation, (laughs) a pickle. And, um, you know, I've been left out of pocket for this. I don't know if, you know, if there's any way you could help out with that. You know, just be cash. Be real cash. If you want to, maybe you just are done with this person and you want to cut all ties and burn all bridges, in which case be like, hey, where's my money? Just like that And they that get a tattoo Rihanna on your back song. that says, the bridges we burn like the way. Yes. Just, yeah. Bitch, better have my money. Yeah, you can just say it nicely. And if they're a friend, then they'll understand where you're coming from and hopefully we'll try and pay you back. And if they can't pay you back immediately, maybe we'll pay you back at a later date. Or at least we'll hopefully apologise profusely. Yeah, I think also, like, any time money gets involved, it gets so intense. That's why sometimes, like, sharing um, a flat with someone, even if you're the the best of friends, can be really hard because Mm. money gets involved so quickly. Um, I'd recommend, if you don't do this already, using an app like Splitwise or something to keep track of who owes what and who needs to pay what. And just having that, like, paper trail of it helps people feel accountable but then also I don't know it just like adds this base level of kind of almost like formality it's so that you writing. don't have to add that stress because that's yeah it's way easier to be like hey check can you just check splitwise or like hey I sent you a request on splitwise or whatever then like hey you owe me money be really clear and this also sounds kind of gross to say but be really clear about when it's going to be paid back and any kinds of like informal terms for paying it back like can you pay it back to my bank account or cash or paypal or whatever and can you pay it back within this amount of time just to be really really clear with money is so important because it can really mess friendships up like i've had situations that have gone so messy around money yeah and communication gets messed up you need it somewhere in writing that you that you lent them the money and that you need it back at this point make all your friends yes. sign friendship contracts that's the answer. Right, we get, we got to wrap this baby up. It's the end of the podcast and it's my bedtime. Remember that you can send your questions to makeoutwithhim at gmail.com and tweet us at makeoutwithhim and use the hashtag makeoutwithhim on Twitter as well. And we have a Patreon, which is patreon.com forward slash makeoutwithhim and any money there just goes towards our running costs. Thanks to everyone who's been contributing. It's great. I just, uh, I just got another month of 
SoundCloud Pro Unlimited, which allows us to upload episodes. At a certain point, they cut you off. Yeah. But not anymore, friends. Not anymore. We've broken not the anymore. glass ceiling of podcasting. Thanks for listening, everybody. And roll the outro, Helena. If you're in need of advice, if you don't know what to do, then write to Lex and Rosie Anna and they might just answer you.